The word of the Lord from 1 Samuel 18, 1 to 5. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our message this evening is from the passage of 1 Samuel that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the advent of our God, week one, putting Christ before everything. Welcome to our historic Advent celebration for the first time in recent memory. Bethany, Faith, and St. Paul ride the circuit to bring the gospel of the advent of our God to our overlapping parish communities. And the message that it is time to put Christ before everything is needed more than ever before in a society that is more about their sin than they are about their Savior. So tonight, we walk with David and Jonathan and see an example where Jonathan did just that at great sacrifice to himself, but in lifting up not only God's anointed David, but also all of Israel as well. Have you ever been the one that had to decrease so others could increase for the good of the group? Now, this is not the scenario where they put an idiot in charge and you knew you could do better. We've all had that experience. You couldn't wait to get their job and just knew you could do it better than they could. And sometimes you did get the job and you killed it. Or you got the job and found out they were not an idiot at all. You just find out how hard management was. So I think that any of us that have put in 20 years or more of any respective vocation can say, been there, done that, guy got the scars to prove it. And this was not the time that you didn't want the job and quite frankly could care less about the success of the mission and thereby could watch those in charge fail deliciously so you could just get back to business as usual, which was good enough at the time to just keep getting paid. No, this example is that time you were heartbroken that you did not get the lead, but the one who did was good, as good and if you're being honest with yourself, maybe even a little better than you. And you had to concede that we all needed to give them a chance. But you watched them struggle initially in the mission you were passionate about. And you realized, it's my job to make them look good. To make sure they get the credit. Even if they didn't sacrifice like you did. So the mission would succeed for the betterment of everyone. After all, they were chosen. The job had to be done. And you knew your place to make that happen. 
Oh, the story of David and Jonathan breaks my heart in so many places as Jonathan becomes the one who sacrificed everything coming to him by birthright and becomes the example for us today of how we too must put spiritual leaders, community leaders, and organizational leaders first and our personal desires last so we can truly put Christ before everything as we prepare for him to come again. I heard a great joke the other day that said, y'all playing hide and seek with Jesus. And he's about ready to say, ready or not, here I come. All kidding aside, this is a joke that made me think. Oh, we can attribute this to those who will no longer prioritize Christ, no longer prepare for his return. That's the easy target of this meme. But what if we are the intended target in this meme? What if we are the ones hiding in the church in robes of self-righteousness rather than seeking the unrighteous to give them the ultimately righteous one? What if we are the ones that kept the truth to ourselves rather than telling the truth to those who needed it the most? What if we are the ones who shielded ourselves from the fiery darts of the evil one and did nothing to prepare others who are pierced for their transgressions and spiritually dying right outside the red doors of our respective churches? What if we are the ones who are holding our rebellious nature and sinful desire close to our hearts and are truly not ready for Christ to come? Jonathan shows us today what it means to be in the presence of God's anointed and how we can decrease so God's anointed can increase above all. So, what did Jonathan really do? Well, first, he made a covenant with David, a promise, if you will, that he would be a brother to David. And likewise, David would be a brother to him. Simplistic, but basically the point. Soul brothers would possibly be the 21st century equivalent today. Then he does something even more interesting that appears to reinforce said covenant or promise of brotherly friendship. Jonathan proceeds to give David his clothes and his armor. Now, apparently, this is a common transaction between lesser friends and more enriched friends in ancient days and Celtic culture, although not a good exchange for the richer friend, like in the Iliad story of Diomedes and Glaucus. When they found themselves opposed in combat, hereditary friends ceased fighting and exchanged armor. Since the equipment of Glaucus was golden and that of Diomedes bronze, the expression gold for bronze became the modern idiom derived from this being what amounts to a bad exchange. Then the theologian Hans Wilhelm Hertzberg has a theory about why Jonathan did this. And I believe he's more right than wrong, and we should at least keep this in mind where this text is concerned. He says, Jonathan's gift of his clothing and weapons to David is more than the generous action of a prince to a shepherd boy who has neither clothing for the court nor equipment for the battle. It is recognition of the alter ego in the covenant of friendship. And clothing especially is so much a part of the person who wears it that giving it to another person is equivalent to giving away one's own self. Now, 
I'm no expert on the alter ego. I'll let the wisdom of Pastor Hanel and Pastor Moore sort that out. But I can see clearly what Hans saw. Jonathan gave from himself, so David could be. My dear friends in Christ, that's the challenge and expectation of Advent. Christ is so important that we can finally give up the life of self-idolatry and let him be the very center of everything we are. Because when he comes, ready or not, we finally will be. Too often we are what we want to be and we miss out on what Christ makes us to be. When we prance around in our robes of self-righteousness, we show the world our unrighteous nature and find our backside showing just what we don't want the world to see, the sinful Adam and Eve under the drapes that wrap around our souls as we lay down to our eternal sleep. Self-satisfied and self-certain, we forget that our selfish nature becomes like a sword of truth that is not properly sheathed and cuts us embarrassingly when we wield it as we feel we should. The truth exposes our sinful intentions and brings them into the light. Then and only then do we discover that that robe and that sword never belonged to us to begin with. It was Christ all along, wrestled away from him by our sin, only to be regained when the spear pierced his side and he died for our sin. Now, our robe is the robe of Christ's righteousness given to us through the soul-cleansing waters of baptism that drowned our old Adam and Eve and rose us anew in Christ. The sword we wielded wildly is the sword of truth that can only come to the downtrodden who needs said sword to cut them in before we cut them out of the community of Christ. Christ's sword that comes out of his mouth rather than ours which is the only truth the world will ever need. This season of Advent, give up your robes of self-righteousness, sheathe your swords of self-defensiveness, and recognize that the one who is coming is the giver of your robes and the one bearing that sword of truth. In this season of the Advent of our God, decrease so he may increase by putting your Savior Jesus before everything, because he's the only thing that can take you home. Now, may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.